before I see if y'all can handle the second. Amen. Uh, a pastor was doing a teaching for the children and be began to ask them these questions. If I sold my house and my car and had a big garage sale and gave all my money to the church, would that get me into heaven? He asked the children. No, all the children answered. If I cleaned the church every day, mowed the yard, and kept everything neat and tidy, would that get me to heaven? No, the children answered again. Well, then, if I was kind to animals and gave candy to all the children and loved my wife, would that get me to heaven? No, they screamed again. Again, they all answered no. Well, I continued, then how can I get into heaven, he asked. And a five-year-old boy shouted out, wait for it, you got to be dead. <laughs> Don't forget that when you're wanting to go to heaven. <laughs> ah, Y'all did pretty good on that. I'll give you this one. I just have so many, so I, I hate to fritter them out. Let's see, make sure this is the right one. Oh, yeah. I heard about a pastor who was visiting. He was in a rural area, and he was visiting one of his parishioners. This was, th that was a middle-aged woman. He went to the door, he rang the doorbell, and there was no response. So he rang again. He could see that there was a light on, and, and uh, he went around to see, and there was a radio on and a, and a light on. This is strange, he thought, and decided to leave a note. Revelation 3.20 came to mind, and he wrote a little note to her saying, Behold, I stand at the door knocking, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them, and they with me. He thought this was a very appropriate verse and put it through the mailbox and walked away. The following Sunday, he saw the woman in church, and she came up to him and just handed him a little note. When he looked at his note, at her, his note he saw that she had also written a verse on her note, and she had written this, Genesis 3.10. I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all may think jokes are not appropriate in church. I don't know. But you know, this is how we keep religion scraped off of it, is that we don't ever want to get into a form or liturgical mode. Yes, amen. Got to shake it off. When I was in the Baptist church, we, when we had communion, and I'm not belittling this, I'm just saying... It could get on you. It's nothing wrong with this, but we had, it was like, it was like a funeral of a military, a military funeral. They had a white cloth over the communion elements and two deacons would come up and they would fold it and they would then, and they'd press it and put it, it's just like a flag and take it off and put it down. And then they would hold the elements and they would, I'm not belittling that. I'm just saying, Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body. He said, take, eat, this is my blood. We, we, you could miss the life of it, trying to get the form of it. There is no life in form. So we could all go outside. Uh, Eric and Anita have been meeting outside at their church because they're going to build. They've been just, they have a, a, a slab and they've just got chairs set up. No tin or anything. He said, it's, it's been good weather. I, I guess our good weather is because they've been, <laughs> you know, so it doesn't matter. You can take communion at home, can't you? You can take it with soda pop and, uh, and light bread. Matter of fact, that's one reason we always have a different communion element for bread. Sometimes Pam brings a uh, 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 golden crust, and sometimes she brings a cracker. Sometimes she brings uh, the Hawaiian bread, it's because we don't want to miss the point that it's that. It's the life is in the body, and the life is in the blood. 
So I'm just saying, that's the reason we tell jokes every once in a while, is just to make sure we don't fall into some tempo or some liturgical ritual that keeps us from missing the life. Amen? Amen? Well, I got a few minutes here. I think we should preach. So I, I prepared some things because I didn't know if, if, uh, if y'all would have anything. Let's go to the book of John, John chapter 14. I want to talk to you about faith. Faith is good to talk about because it's so easy. Let me tell you, let me remind you, family, it's so easy to walk not in faith. Christians should never have a life where you're not walking by faith. That's where the amen goes. Do we do cue, cue up the amen, Barry, for me? <laughs> no, we, we gotta we gotta walk by faith. You can't make it if you don't walk by faith. I said you can't make it. Point to yourself and say, you can't make it without faith. Now that's the truth. You can skid by, you can take a few licks and a few hits, you can suffer through like the world does. It's not like you're gonna die necessarily. But you're not going to go as fast. It's not going to be as fun. My yoke is easy. My burden is light, the Lord Jesus said. Why would you want to pick up something heavy and, and, and haul something hard? Why would you like to live like the world when Jesus said, I got this? Well, faith is hard. No, faith is easy. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. My life's easy. If I ever look up and I've had a hard time, I see where I've missed God. I see where I went to the natural, where I didn't check in with him and just said, well, I'm sure this is what he'd do. And I go off and do it, and the Lord says, that's not what I'd have done. And you have to back up. You know, I'm tired of backing up and fixing. I'm tired of reloading my life and, and going down the wrong track and assuming and, uh, and, and doing and then having to back up and rebuild and reload and then find out what I was supposed to do the first time and then take off. It, it, we don't have that much time. I'm 65. I don't have that much time. I never did, but it's more acute now than ever. So it says in John chapter 14, verse 12, they, these, are the, these are the red letter words. These are Jesus' words. He says, verily, verily. That's translated truly, truly. Truly, truly, I say unto you, anything the Lord Jesus, anything, but especially him, that he doubles, where he says, uh, look, look, or listen, listen, or verily, verily. It's very important. He said, I say unto you, now, here it is. He that believeth on me. How many of y'all believeth on he? Woo, we are. We are the house of the believers. He said, uh, what about you that believe on me? He said, here's what your life looks like. The works that I do shall he do also. Point yourself with me and say, do those works. Do those works. Then he went on and gave us an Ephesians 3 scripture and said, and greater works than these shall he do. Why, Lord? Because I'm going to send the Holy Ghost, because I'm going to go to the Father, and he's going to do the works in you and through you. But y'all know that we're not robots. If there's any works done, it's because you agreed to them, you loaded up for them, you got in faith about them, and you walked them out. Anybody done any works while they were sleeping or on vacation? Or No, we had to, we had to line up. Now, just, just right here, he says, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Now, let's just stop here just a second. What if this was true? What if this verse was true? What if he meant it? 
What if he backed up his words with heaven? What if he said what he meant and meant what he said and said, this is the way it's going to be. If you'll believe, if you'll be a believer, this is the way. Why would you have a changed life if this was true? Well, it's true. You know, this is a very embarrassing scripture for a lot of Christians. You do not hear this scripture preached because it's very embarrassing. Because what are you going to do? When you read this and he says, whatever I've been doing, that's what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do, what I've been doing. And he said, and there's some stuff I couldn't get to because I'm just in one place at one time. But he said, my body, my, my church, my family, there's a whole bunch of them coming. This is a prophetic scripture, of course, you know. And he said, they're going to do more than I did. David Hogan, his group in Mexico, has raised over 500 people from the dead. He has personally raised 38 from the dead. Not everybody he's commanded to come up from the dead has been raised. But 38's pretty good. It's better than anybody I know. And uh, you stand pretty tall with the devil when you can raise him from the dead. You're pretty confident about who you are and what you have and what you can do when you can raise him from the dead. Everybody wonders, you know, if you prayed for someone with a stomach flu and they got better in six days. That's a joke, y'all. So we raised from the dead. We're pretty sure that that was Jesus. I'm working on rebuilding or re-editing the, the little book on miracles, the, the four atmospheres that uh, bring miracles. You ought to study it. You ought to get yours out. It's a little yellow book or a green book, whichever it was in. You ought, to, you ought to put that in your heart and get the atmospheres for miracles surrounding you. We all need miracles. We either do now or we will. You don't think you're going to need a miracle? You think you're going to be the exception and you're going to just skate through? I'll tell you, if you do, the devil didn't, he wasn't paying any attention to you because, frankly, you wasn't worth paying attention to. But I, I'm scary to the devil. I say, like Keith Moore sings, devils, demons are afraid of me. Uh-oh, he's up. you got to get that attitude. I wouldn't want to say that. that he, he'd start attacking me. Well, the very thing that brings him into the attack mode is the very thing that you've got that'll run him off, take care of him. If you had not got enough to run him off, then you don't have enough to get attacked. So, hallelujah. If this was true... We should not be embarrassed about this. We should start saying, God, show me how this works. Instead of, Lord, I don't, I don't want to know how this works. I don't want to be doing that stuff. I don't want to be raising the dead. I don't want to do, do what you do, what you did, what you're doing. I don't want to do that. I want to just get through life. What if you were judged in the next life, what, you were, what your position was in the millennial reign, based exclusively on what you did in this life? You see, all of us are going to heaven because of Jesus. You, there's no works involved. It doesn't matter if you got born again on Monday and sat on the couch until Jesus came and got you 62 years later. It does not matter if you did nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Didn't go to church, didn't read your Bible, but you are born again. But you were a slug. You were a spiritual slug. You are going to heaven because the currency of heaven is what did you do with Jesus? But when you get there, because God is just, and those that work and do and go and serve for the Lord, there's got to be a reward. Would you all agree with that? 
There's got to be, for him to be just, it can't be the one that sat on the couch 60 years and you that got up the next morning and started a Bible study. You born again on Monday and Tuesday, you're sitting down with somebody saying, well, I don't know what this means, but, you know, it's what's in the Bible. Here I, and you go. Your whole position, your whole place, your whole reward in heaven and then back on the millennial uh, reign is based on what we did in this world. Why? Because you got to qualify. If you, if you buried your talent for your lifetime, you, there's going to be wailing and gnashing of teeth. What's that mean? Because you didn't get anything when you went to heaven. You, kindergartners, you go to the back. That's where all these people are going, to the back. And they're going to be going to school in heaven for seven years. And for seven years, while the tribulation is going on down here, we're going to be in heaven. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Hoo-hoo. You think you've been to some church dinners? Yeah. yeah, buddy. He's been working on this a long time. It's being catered. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we're gonna, we are going to party hardy with the Lord for seven years because we've been on earth. And he's working stuff out in the tribulation with the Jews. The, the tribulation is a Jew thing because they wouldn't receive Jesus. And they're like little children. They're, they're exactly like the sinner. They're little children. You can't touch them except in their body. So they're not born again. They only understand stuff in their soul and body. So the tribulation is going to be a real wake-up call. They're going to start looking and saying, well, the Bible says in Isaiah and Ezekiel and Lamentations. And sure enough, here it is. It's exactly, and they're going to see it. Uh, uh, there's books and audios and videos being done right now that are being left for people that will not make it up in the rapture. And like, if you're here, and I'm not here, and, and you're still here, listen to this. It's going to tell you what, what happened and what to do to get through the tribulation. I, I didn't mean to go through all this this morning, but I want you to know that at the end of the seven-year tribulation, we're coming back. The church is coming back. Well, I thought we was going to be in heaven forever. There's a little thousand-year interruption where we're going to be back. And the Bible says in Revelation, we're going to rule and reign with Him. So it's not over. Oh, I don't want to go to heaven. I don't want to leave earth. Honey, we're just going to go up there, get tanked up, get trained up, get, get our horses all in order, and we're coming back to rule and reign with Him. It's got a lot to do with the devil. Well, we don't have time to teach that this morning, but I'm telling you, it's wonderful. Everything about the kingdom is wonderful. So don't be a slug on earth. Well, I, you know, I'm born again. I'm not going to do anything. Well, you can. You can do that. You can do nothing. And I'll tell you, like a son or a daughter that the father loves, you will be loved by the father. You'll never even notice that he's ticked because he's not. Well, I got a whole church down there and they don't do anything. They fuss, they fight, they carry on, but they're all born again. They're all my children. But they don't do anything for the kingdom. They keep it all to themselves. They just part, whatever. You are God's children no matter what. But, but, if you are kicking it, if you're being a hearer of the word and a doer of the word, there is a reward. And I'm telling you, when the Lord attaches himself to the word reward, it is not insignificant. It is not the Cracker Jack whistle. Well, this is a gimpy thing. Well, it's Cracker Jack. But when the Lord brings a reward, you have never seen anything like it. We only have a few things on earth that 
where the Lord rewards them. He's a rewarder. Uh, what does it say in Hebrews 11? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, he said that. And if you don't like that, well, then you can't like the word that says they that call upon the Lord shall be saved. It's in the same Bible. It's in the same place. You, if, if you want to be saved by the scriptures, you've got to get rewarded by the scriptures. But he's not mad at anybody. He's not going to get up there and say, okay, you, you old sorry things over there at first church or third church or whatever. You got to go back there. No, he's just going to say, well, we just got to put you through training because we're all in seven years. We're all heading back. It's glorious. I don't know why nobody knows about this. It's all over the Bible. A lot, a lot of the Gospels is, spoke, is speaking to the Jews about the tribulation, about the millennial reign and stuff. It's, the stuff that we read like in Matthew 24 that confuses people about pre, mid, or post-tribulation, it's not even speaking to the church. Jesus was not speaking to the church in the Gospels. Was he? He's speaking to a whole generation of unregenerated men. But nobody was born again until he was resurrected from the dead. So he's speaking to people that will look back. He loves them. He cares for them. And he's fixing it so they can get out. But you can't go until you have Jesus. you got to have Jesus. Even the Lord Jesus, when he comes in the rapture... Oh, excuse me, excuse me. I said that wrong. When he was in the bowels of the earth, the Bible says he descended into the bowels of the earth and he led captivity captive. Do you all remember that? It's in Colossians or Philippians. Well, that's because he had to preach to the Old Testament saints who didn't have Jesus because nobody goes to heaven without Jesus. And we looked at it Wednesday night. The reason that Adam fell is because he was not sealed by the Holy Ghost. And the reason he couldn't be sealed is because he had to choose Jesus. And so he, he was subject to the devil. But once you and I get born again, we are sealed by the Holy Ghost. We are not subject to the devil. The devil or sin or the curse, it cannot penetrate the born again spirit man. You're safe. You're safe. Come on. You're safe. You're safe. You're in. You're in. You're in. You're born again. You don't have to worry about, am I good enough? You are good enough if you're born again. You're good enough. You are heaven bound. You're a child of God. He doesn't like some of us better than others. Well, I like them that speak in tongues better than them that say it's of the devil. He, nah. I got two brothers, and I know my mother likes me better, but she tells it that she likes us the same. That was funnier than y'all let on. Praise God. Yes, Lord, yes. Okay. Well, we got that little, that little rabbit trail solved, but uh, we got to put on the Lord Jesus. I'm born again. I'm not working for my salvation. If I am, what was he doing on the cross? What was he doing suffering? What was he doing dying and going into the bowels of the earth? If I'm still having to plow the plow and pull the... No! It happened. Jesus dealt with the sin problem, and it happened. It is past tense, so now it can be present tense. I am a man. I'm a child. I am a, 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 I'm of God. I am born of God. Y'all born of God. We're born of God. So we're not trying to get to heaven. It's settled. What I'm wanting to do is please him. 
I'm wanting to please him. He's, he wants to bless all of his children the same, but some of them are cranky and ornery and, and, and running. They're embarrassed by this scripture. That's where I was coming from. They're embarrassed by John 8 that he says, my works, you'll do. That ought to be good news. Woo-hoo. <laughs> I can do stuff that nobody that's, that's not born again can do. But they're embarrassed. The church is embarrassed by that. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Well, let's discount it. And let's say it passed away. And let's say that's not anymore. Or let's, let's say it's the church age. Or let's say something. But we ought to say, I'm claiming that. Whatever Jesus did, I'm in. It's good. It'll only be better. It'll never be worse. It'll always be better when I do it. what Jesus said. So then he said, greater works. I don't even really understand that. But it's all, there's no negative to it. It's not like, I wonder what that means. It means good or better. As good or better than what I have. So I'm excited about the Lord. There is no downside to being a Christian. Well, you got to fight with your faith. Well, you got to, the fight with a faith is just, is just, here's the fight of faith. We, we might not get to it. Yeah. The fight of faith is to stay in rest so you can put on the victory. It's not to win the fight. It's to stay in rest so that you can inherit the victory that comes from being in faith. It's not hard to be in, it's not hard to live by faith. It's hard not to live by faith. Because you never know where it's coming from. He's a 24-hour devil. The curse is in the earth. It's all over the earth. It's all the time all over the earth. You cannot escape the curse except that you can get under, you can go to Goshen. I'm on Goshen right now. Goshen was the land in Egypt that the children of Israel were put in when the plagues came, the ten plagues. And Goshen, the sun was shining, the frogs weren't there, the lice wasn't there, the, the water never turned. It was a good place. We're in Goshen. We're in a, the world's in, in hell, but we're in heaven. Well, how come it's this and that? Well, because we're not in faith. If you'll get in faith, it'll all be wonderful. So if you don't want to get in faith, that's fine, but you're, you may have to get in the bread line. You may have to, you may, you may not get, you may not be on the team that they say we're promoting these. You may be in some other team. You got to get in faith. You got to get in faith about the promises. I'm telling you all the truth. It's better than they said it was. Well, let's go to John 14. Y'all are right there. It's just practically there. Let's go to verse 14 because this is where my message really is. All of that is the preview. Wipe your fingers, the, pop, the butter off the popcorn. Is, it's Wipe your fingers, and, and, and we're out of the cartoon and the previews, and now we're in the real stuff. It says in chapter 14, this is just about my favorite verse now. I've, I've got several, just like you do. But verse 6, verse 6, the Lord Jesus, he said, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I like that. I like to have it defined. I don't think I'd like it. I know I wouldn't like it. Where the Lord just said, do the best you can in life. You know, help, help folks and be kind and don't be mean and don't, get, don't go to jail. Don't kill any. I, and we'll sort it out at the end. Y'all know that so many, so many, so many Christians live by, we're doing the best we can and the Lord's just going to sort it out at the end. I hope I make it. And then they say, ah, there's a Christian over here, and he, he drinks a little beer, and he smokes a little weed, and he goes to church. I'm better than him, therefore. 
And it's what follows that therefore that gets us in trouble. We're always competing and comparing. But it's settled. It's settled. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the only way. There is no other way. No, no man comes to the Father except by me. Well, I got him. Do y'all? <laughs> I chose the way. I chose Jesus the way. So I'm in. I'm in. I'm as in as you can be, and there's nothing that can take me out. I'm in. I'm regenerated in my spirit man. That part is a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. The word says, literally says, was destroyed, annihilated. The old man that I was, he can't come back in the back door. He can't just show up and say, oh, I sinned. That's the old man. No, it wasn't. It was just your soul. It was just your flesh. You got tempted and you just fell off the wagon for a moment and told a little foo-foo or, or uh, you know, uh, they gave you too much change and you kept it. Just stuff, just stuff. It's not, you, didn't get, you didn't fall from grace. You just need to renew your mind where you say, I don't want to do that anymore because the, the wages of sin are death and whatever man sows, that's what he'll reap. I don't want to reap this thing. So I'm going to line my life up and, and, and please the Father. But I'm a new creation in Christ. Are you? Old things have passed away. Behold, behold. That word behold means pay attention. The page is turned. New chapter. All things are become new. There is no trouble in my life. The only trouble that you could say that's trouble, and it's not trouble, is just to get the word in me and whoop the flesh, the old way of thinking, that I was. I hate the spirit of poverty. I hate poverty. I hate lack more than just about anything. I, you know, you, you can get someone healed, but it's, it's, a, it's a process to get them out of lack. I was raised in lack. It's not that we were poor. My, my folks made plenty of money, but I told y'all, they sent it all to the farm. My dad was buying farm since 1955. Well, I was born in 53. So we were a farm buying people. So if we had any money, any money at all, we sent it to buy the farm, specifically to drill water wells. And so we didn't have anything. We were living by a shoestring. It didn't matter to me that we were buying a farm and someday it's all right. My little third grade life was saying, they all got new shoes and I don't. We're going to the junkyard, the, 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 the junkyard on Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, and see if we can find anything that might work for us or something. We're, we're living out of the thrift store. Don't, I don't, none of that bothers me for anybody to have to do that. that. Go knock yourself out at the flea market. But when you have to, when you have to, that's when I don't like it. You have to because we're not going to have it if we don't do that. So I hate poverty. And I fight it with every thought I think. I talk about ordering off the left side of the menu. Not because I want stuff that's expensive or tastes this, that, or the other. I just don't want to go over there and say, I can only have this. I don't want to be locked down of the devil and my past. I want to put on whatever the Lord Jesus has for me. And so you have to fight it. It doesn't mean that you'll order something expensive. It doesn't mean you'll buy designer clothes or you'll live driving or whatever. It just means that you can. Something's not telling you... you you're the poor one. You can't have anything. No, I'm a Jesus boy, y'all. I, I am in him, and he, his robe was so expensive. It was woven in one piece. The Bible says that they, they, rolled, they, they uh, rolled 
What, what do you call that when you, you, yeah, roll dice, you gamble for it. They, they, they should, lots, lots. They drew lots for his robe. Well, you don't draw, draw lots for a man's robe that's, that's a beggar that's, that's just barely getting along. They drew lots for his robe. Jesus had stuff. He had a home. Praise God, we're being delivered. But it's through the renewing of our mind, not something we do. It's just through renewing our mind. So we find here, uh, let's go back to John 8. I can tell we're not going to get very far down the notes, but guess what's coming next week? <laughs> I never throw notes away, praise God. <laughs> oh, chapter 8 of John, are y'all okay? Are y'all okay out there? You've got to have this. You can't say, I know all that. Sure you do in your head, but you're not going to live by your head. You're going to live by the faith that's in your spirit, man. You're going to live by the part that's stirred up inside here. You're going to live by the reaction you have when somebody said, oh, your car, the transmission is going to cost $4,000. You're going to live by the first five, the next five seconds after that. That's what you're going to live by. That's who you are. That's who I am. When they say this happened unexpectedly and it looks terrible, this is the diagnosis, this is the prognosis, this is what you, what you how you react to that. That's how you're going to live. That's how you're going to face it. It, it, it. So if you lived out of here, you'll say, that'll be no problem. You've got to get it where that'll be no problem. You've got to get a letter from the IRS that's stamped important. Open immediately. You're in trouble. <laughs> You've got to be able to open that thing. It looks like a refund, unexpected refund. Who thinks like that? I do. But I'm telling you, it took, it's taken all my life to get there. But it's worth everything. And I'm not talking about the IRS. I'm talking about living a life that's above, exceeding, abundantly above. So Jesus said in chapter 8, verse 32, he said, uh, verse 31, if you continue in my word, my word, my word, only if you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, not a hit and run, not a stop and go, not a uh, occasionally we do, but if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples, my learners, my students, my protégés, my just, my just like me in training, just like me in training, just like me in training. If we went over to 1 John chapter 4, don't go there, but I will. It says in chapter 4, verse 17, it says, uh, because as he is, so are we in this world. Let's say that together. As he is, so am I in this world. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. Unless you've renewed your mind and put on the Lord Jesus. Well, that was the Lord Jesus, and he's different. No, he was the firstborn among many brethren. In John 3, 16, he was the only begotten son of God. But after you and I got born again, he was the firstborn among many brethren. As he is, so am I in this world. Greater is he that is in me than all the trouble that's in the world. Is it or isn't? What if that was true? What if that was the truth? That he always causes us to triumph in him. Always. Why, why do you put that word always in there? I need a some, some time and occasionally and lucky day and coincidence and it worked out. And, but he said always. Every time. Is that true? 
Is it true? Until you can effuse it out of your spirit, then you're wrestling with it in your head. So you've got to end it. You've got to end this fight. There's a contradiction. The contradiction. Wherever we were, we're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I, oh, I, where we are is verse 32. It says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I, we have to get that one in. So right here it is. Everything that's going on in my life and in your life, that's not right. Everything that's a fight. Everything that's a... Is a is, is, that makes you feel a little bit down or a little bit, oh, man, oh, wow. Everything like that was, is something that you're not free. Because when you're free, see, we're free in America. We're free to, to hook up a meter onto our house, our business, and, and call Alabama Power, and they say, we'll hook you up. And we're free to have electricity. You can burn all you want. You can burn all the electricity you want. Oh, no, we have a limit here in America. Nope, burn all you want. After the first bill, you can burn it again. But you, do you all know how free we are there? Nobody's walking two miles to get drinking water. Nobody. When I was growing up, we, we, took, we, we ran the bathwater one time. And there was three of us. You know, we had a cesspool. You don't want to fill up the cesspool. Y'all don't even know what that is, maybe. But, but, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying none of us are doing that now. We are. We're fleshing it, and it's gone. I'm telling you, that's not the way it is almost all the We are only 5% of the world's population in America. And yet we consume like 60% of the... It's, it's a vast figure. I'm just saying it's not because we're American. It's because we know the truth. Because the gospel's in America. And that's what they're messing with politically right now. The problem is not liberal and conservative. The problem is godless and godly. Because everything we're enjoying is not because we have great land and great purple mountains, majesty, and sea to shining sea. It's because we had the gospel in our constitution. We had the word of God that we're living by, and that's what brought it. And they're trying to rip it out. That's how the devil's got to do it, because... There's, there's, a, there's a, a life. So, if you know the truth, in that area that you know the truth, you're free. You're free. If you're not free, you don't know the truth. Well, yeah, I know the truth. I'm just not, you know, always living it. No, the truth you know is the truth you do. We all do what we believe. You'll say, no, 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 I believe, I believe that. I believe Jesus wants us to have plenty but I also think that every once in a while he wants to cut us back because we'll get prideful or he wants to show us he's boss. Just junk, just junk mess, just, just stuff that's not true. The truth is he became poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. That's the truth. And until you get the truth down here so much that it comes up and it dominates this, you'll have some other doctrine. You'll have a PS doctrine. Well, the Lord wants me to have this achy shoulder because he wants me to know he's in control. Can you do that in church? <laughs> one time. You may not get to come back, but you can do it one time. It's just junk mess. So we got to know the truth. We got to be hard after the truth. You got to purge it. You got to sweep it. You all know when you sweep a room. 
and then you come back and sweep it in 20 minutes. There's stuff that shows up in the pan, shows up in the bag. Show, you didn't get it all the first time. We have to make a sweep all the time. That's why I'm preaching this right now is we're making another sweep. Because we, where we're going, where we're going where we're to do things is that the works that I do shall ye do. That's where we got to go first. We got to go where it's like somebody called and said this is a big trouble in their life. Would y'all come? We got to say, sure. Y'all, quick, Mildred, find a, uh, find a, we got to have a prayer meeting. We got to fast. We got, nope, we got it. We got it. We got it. Tell them we'll be over at 2 o'clock. That's a, that's a contrary gospel to what our culture is presenting. And I just think he's coming back soon enough, and Joe Morris is going to tell us that tomorrow, I can tell you. But I just don't want to miss the train. I want to be able to have my ticket punched that said, yeah, the works I did, Michael did them. There's a clock here. This is a perishable commodity. This is not going to be forever. We're not going to be on the earth forever. Your grandparents did, but you won't. I believe we're going to be raptured out in this generation based on what Israel did as a nation, based on Jerusalem coming back. Joe's going to tell us all about it tomorrow. It's this generation. I don't have the date. I don't have the how many is the generation. It doesn't matter. Just live wide open and get the truth. Oh, Jesus. So truth is the dividing line. said this last week. Truth is the dividing line of your life. Not money. Money is not the dividing line. Well, if I had more money, my life would be better. No, not unless you put truth under it. Money will not help. You got more money than you had 10 years ago. Did I tell the truth just then? You should. Oh, you don't. Well, why not? Because truth, 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 the basis of the kingdom is truth. Truth is prosperity. Truth is the supply. Truth is having your needs met. So we ought to have more now than we used to. We ought to live above sickness better than we used to. Well, how come we're not all the way? Well, because we're working stuff out of our soul as we work stuff in. We're continually turning stuff over and saying, that's in my truth bucket, but that's not truth. Remember we talked about in, in Timothy, 1 Timothy on Wednesday, that, that, uh, that to study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we said, if you don't divide the truth rightly, it won't be truth. You'll, you, you'll put truth in, but you'll mash it around and say, well, sometimes the Lord, and he knows better, and a tulip in his garden, and just uh, uh, this sickness is for a purpose that we don't know. Leave it alone. We can't quit. All this junk, all this junk that's not truth, then what you put in as truth, if you don't rightly divide it, it's not truth. It'd almost be better to not know anything. Be just dumb as a rock and say, I don't know anything about this, than to know something wrong. Because you get some fiery people that like, wow, God is this and God's doing that. And, and they, they can't tie their shoe by faith. And yet they got all the answers for all the religious questions. Uh, me and Deb Rand went to homecoming last Sunday. Was it last Sunday? We heard some a take on truth that I'd been preaching about for years and never really had heard anybody say it. I heard it. It was all there. Everything I'd been saying that people say, it was there. Okay, I'm going to go to one more scripture, and then I, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to show you all something. Here's my notes front and back. I'm right there on the front. <laughs> it don't matter. It don't matter. We, we're putting stuff in that's going to change your life. You will meditate on these things I've said, because not because I'm saying them, but we've already prayed Holy Ghost would quicken you and convict us of things that are in our truth bucket that aren't true. And we say, ooh, there's a snake in my bucket. There's poison in my bucket. Get that out. Get that out. Get, get away from that. What was in our, what we call our truth bucket, suddenly it's a vile thing. Get that out. If you're not saying that to new stuff, to stuff that's, that you find out, then you're religious. I'm carrying around snakes and poison and, and poverty and lack, and, and God wants me sick. Poor thing. That's not what the Bible's about. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, have I made anybody mad yet? I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Because you've you got to get, you get under people's sensibilities. You've got to have something in your life that you so own and so believe and so, this is the truth. That's when somebody contradicts it, that you get mad. That's the only way it's going to come out if you're paying attention. So uh, I've made lots of people mad, but I've been real careful to keep it in the Word. They told me years ago when I first started out, preach the Word and live your convictions. Do not preach your convictions. Well, I believe salt's bad for you, and I believe that uh, you can, you know, all that stuff. It says in chapter 4, verse 17, For our light of fiction, which is but for a moment... Aren't y'all glad? Worketh, so, so it's not in vain, it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Explain that, Paul. While we look at, while we look not, the word there, you know, it means to take aim. While we take aim not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So we are all facing every day a contradiction. And you and I have to deal with the contradiction. The contradiction is that we see one thing, but the Word says something else. You see not having any money in your billfold, but you see the contradiction is, as he said, that he made you rich. You see that by his stripes you were healed, but you feel like hell. Excuse me. I mean, you feel bad. I'll say that. But it feels like hell to be sick. Just, just get you, just get dizzy for five days. Just get a migraine for two days. Just get a, just get it, and you'll say this is hell. So there's a contradiction, and we are all working. I hope you are working on the contradiction in your soul, in your mind. That what is this? The Bible says the truth that I know, that I know, that I understand, implement, and believe to work out of my life will set me free. But I'm bound in this area. I don't like to go to church because the Holy Ghost always makes me give. And then on Monday, I don't have any money. And then I have, have trouble. And I'm just staying home next Sunday. You believe that's true? It happens all the time. I've actually flushed it out before. People say, well, that's why I don't come to church. is because y'all are so strong on giving. And I, I, just, I just can't stand it. I just give. Well, see, we got, there's a contradiction. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For what 
measure you meet withal, it shall be measured unto you again. We got to get that truth in. I gave and my future is changed. I am changed in my money. Because I gave that $10 this morning, I am changed in my money. It will not be the same. That's truth. Because the Bible says if you give, it'll be given. So that's the truth. And so if you don't have the truth, then there's something wrong with our knowing. Knowing the truth. You don't know the truth. You, you hope for the truth. You wish it'd be true. You're, it might be true, but on the other hand, I doubt it. I doubt anybody's going to give to me. I doubt that. Boy, I'm as strong as garlic in here this morning. But you know we got to be changed. If I leave you the same, then I'm disqualified by my master. If I don't preach the truth, he's going to say, what do I need you for? i got a thousand of those people in this town, so here I am. But it's not my words, it's his words. So he says, so we take aim not at those things which are seen, but at those things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, fleeting, and passing away. They're not real. They're not real. They're real in this realm, but they're not real in this, they're not real in the spiritual realm. We got to live out of the spiritual realm. This is the spiritual realm. This is the spiritual realm. Not having any money but being a giver, that's this realm. That, that, that's the natural realm. We got to live out of the realm that says, I gave and I've got. I'm a tither. I'm a covenant man and I am a covenant man. Are y'all covenant people? We are. It has to be. It cannot be different than the word. And I'm calling it out if it looks like it's not. There's a contradiction as a tither when I don't have what I need. There's a contradiction. Well, like, well, oh, well, it's just whatever, whatever. It's just God did his little thing and me and my little thing. And we're just having a little thing. No. Call it out. I tithe. I didn't just get separated from my money either. A lot of people say they're tithers, but they're just separated from their money. They're just like, whatever. If we just draw it out of your account. No, I'm not going to go there. But I'm just saying you could be separated from your money 10% and not be a tither because tithing is from the heart. Tithing is making Jesus Lord. You didn't tithe until he was Lord. You tithe because he was Lord. Because he said, if you'll tithe, I'll count it that you gave the whole thing, that you gave it all, that you signed over. Here's my house. Here's my car. Well, you didn't do that. You put in 10%. He said, ah, we're going to count it like you did. I'm, we're going to count the tithe will tell me you would have. And I would have. Wouldn't you? I would. If you're, if you're a tither, you would. You're just like, there's plenty more where that came from. Windows of heaven are open. I didn't get the last thing coming through. I didn't get the best thing coming through. The windows of heaven are opened up and poured you out a blessing that you cannot easily receive or take. In other words, your cup runneth over. You go, well, how come that's not happening? Because we hadn't bought in yet. There's still junk in, lack, disbelief, and we got to get the truth in. Bless God, I'm a tither. And this is the way it is. The word says it is, and I am not taking. And you will have the contradiction solved. You'll stop taking aim at the things which are seen and start taking aim at the things which are not seen. Is this hard? Well, you have to buy into the system. 
Wendy was saying, you know, well, this iPhone y'all, you and Deborah have, that's not my deal. I'm an Android girl, you know. Well, I get it. You have to kind of change over the systems. They're not the same. Although, basically, the technology's there, but it's not, y'all right? Am I right? They're not the same? You, 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 gotta, you gotta adjust. Well, you gotta adjust out of the world. You gotta step all the way over. But most Christians want a little dab. I, I'll, I, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, and you understand my situation. And the Lord doesn't understand our situation. He wants us in. Covenant is on both sides. I don't know. I may have messed up my lunch. They may not let me. They may, like, you go to Burger King. We're all... <laughs> We're going to the Cypress scene, but you go to Burger King. Here's $5. Do the best you can. You don't preach good. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. He's Lord whether you know it or not. He's Lord whether you want him or not. He, he's Lord whether you acknowledge him or not. He's Lord. But the benefits of his Lordship come when you say... You are, and I want you, and I'm doing everything I can to get all this other stuff out of the way. You understand heaven is a big deal. To get us raptured, get new bodies coming out of the grave or meet him in the air, that's not just something that happens. Oh, yeah, back in 1842, they had that same thing happen, and it was again in 1900. No, it's never happened. And so it's... It's something that you've never seen. You've never seen your regeneration. You can just see the effects of it. When I got born again, I got changed on the inside, but everything was the same out here, but my life changed, and the effect of it went forward, and everybody could see, you're different. Amen? But this is going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. This is going to happen in, a, in an atomic second. We're all going to be changed into these six-foot bodies. <laughs> oh, you have what you want, but that's what I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting extenders of some kind between the knee and the ankle. <laughs> About seven inches will do. So you've got to be different on the inside than somebody that's not a Christian. And so we are. We've got to act like it. Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. It is sufficient for me. And I thank you for this church. We are the church of the committed. Those things we read before, Lord, if anything seems hard, Lord, there's grace to change and there's a grace to desire it. Thank you, Lord, that we are pleasing to you by the blood. There's nothing we can do or quit doing that will make us more acceptable, more pleasing to you. You like us right now. But Lord, you're teaching us, you're instructing us how to get more out of life on this earth. That's all this is, life on this earth, so we can live victoriously. So, Lord, I thank you for your word, helping us. We pray, Lord, that anything in our truth bucket is not true, you'll show us. We'll gladly, we'll cheerfully get it out. Work on that. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free. Jesus, you're our Lord and our Master, and we love you so much. Amen. Amen. I like this. Uh, Robert was the first person Greg prayed for that day. Robert's pain completely disappeared. 
after a couple of quick prayers. And then he went on and worked on somebody else. Here it is. It's not even Bible. It's not even like in the big book or the... This is just regular folks. Well, the apostle said to the prophet, well, I'll go do the first one. And you are being the prophet, you go do another one. It's just regular folks. It's just us. It's us. It's us. It's me. It's you. I'm not just trying to get to the end. I want to flame out. Besides that, I think life is pretty much hell without Jesus on earth. I don't want to be rude. Used to, you couldn't say that word. It's the first time a pastor said homosexual in church. I loaded the girl up. Eric was this long, and she said, sit down, sit down. <laughs> but I was ready to go. I couldn't take that word. That's how far we've come. we got to be bold. Amen. Well, I bless you. I bless you. I will do it, saith the Lord. I will do it. My eye is on you. My plans are in you. I have no other plan. You are my plan, River Church, and I will do it through you and for you. I will set your feet on high. And I will bring you to the place that you desire in your secret place. And it, saith the Lord, will be a testimony, a brightness in your life. That others will say, I must have what he has. I must do what she does. I will set my life apart because I've seen it in the earth. Saith the Lord, give me your attention. Draw away from the things that have so easily enticed you, that which has captivated the world. And I will show you a new thing. And the steps and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, they are not hard. They are not complicated. They are not arduous. They are easy. And I will show you the path. And you will say of the Lord, what a goodness and a mercy he has been to me. Amen. Woohoo! Did we leave any announcements out? Did you think of anything? All right.